Welcome back to Ready Comic Troll. If you enjoy what you're listening to, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Anthony uses charisma. It's super effective. This looks like it can hold a lot of science. I'm John. Not in the mood for cheese? That excuse has more holes in it than a piece of this fine gurgan whatever. I'm your Oracle Cheese Vendor, Mike. Well, it seems like it's a good time not to be a shareholder over at EA. They, they can manage to put out a good game and still sink $6 billion afterwards. <laughs> I think that is the most accurate quote that I've heard <laughs> about EA and Battlefront 2 in a while. It, the, the thing is, is for them, it's the politics. Like, that's completely what's gotten them into trouble. They are, they are drowning in a sea of, oh, well, we thought we could get away with this. And you can't. The gamer, the gamer is becoming more and more educated. We're getting sick and tired of microtransactions. We're getting sick and tired of games that aren't given to us whole. We're, we're tired of having paywalls for the rest of the experience. Absolutely. I mean, just that point in general. The fact that you're giving us unfinished games. And I think this is a good time to be a gamer in this regard about finally standing up to the developers and going, we're not going to take this shit anymore. Because for the longest time, developers were like, let's kind of push the node a little bit and see how much shit you can take. Well, it's one of those things like they've been wanting to put out these, you know, full price games. Over and over and over again, and then microtransactions or package DLS with DLC to death. Well, you had the season passes that came out of the blue, and then that just became a thing. It's standard. Which every it's standard yeah. now. And yeah. it, it's sad that it's, it's come to that. Because, I mean, when you're looking at the way games were in the past, games were a lot longer. You had the full games. You had all the extra content. You had bonus characters that would be sprinkled in, but you can earn them. You didn't have to pay for them, or you didn't have to wait later for them. Now, I got a question, though, and this is before the rant continues. <laughs> um, would you be into, and I'm not trying to side with developers, uh, be into uh, paying a reduced rate on the actual game? Instead of being $60 for, for the content, what if the content was down to, like, 30 or 40 dollars and then doing like the the season pass so the season pass would i i don't know i'm just trying to think of a so a ratio what you you're would. what you're actually thinking of is something that uh valve tried to do which was the half-life episodes mm-hmm. they tried to do chapter-based content that failed which is actually a shame because i personally would be kind of okay with that if you give me a chapter if it's a nice period of time to play and uh, as far as company value I mean, you all, you have to pay the people that are doing the programming, the arts, all the work that makes the games that we love. So that well, kind of works out based off what you're looking at in terms of work being put into it, what they're getting paid. I, I'm just looking at it on par as if you're going to give us a half-filled game or half-playable game, then you need to reduce the price in half. And if you want it to get up to its full markup value, that would be the season pass, which is basically you're still developing and putting out content as it goes to kind of complete it. That, that, I guess that's kind of what my mentality behind it is. I mean, okay, for, Val, for Valve's part, it was the fact that they were just scared of the number three. However, <laughs> no, we, we know, I know we don't um, three, but but as far as the 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 paying for a season pass to to get the remainder of the content, say say a game wants to be put out in pieces, that that I can kind of understand. There are there are ways that you can chronicle a story in acts or chapters and. As long as they're full-fledged games. As long as they're full-fledged things, it's one of those things like you could pay 40 bucks per chapter. Oh, no. That's too much. Well, it depends on the amount saying, of content. I get what you're saying, but starting out with 40, it's, it's like, it, but at the, Listen, in that regard, then it better be like, um, you know, 
in a sense, you're paying for Dark Souls 1, then Dark Souls 2, then Dark Souls 3. If you're paying for, in point, Final Fantasy 7 when it comes out in uh, these, in a sense, possibly three discs, and they're going to be full price each one, it better feel worth it for that much. It, it better feel like it is a full release. You better have three full release games. And th- this comes down from the whole uh, consoles being the way that consoles are. Now consoles are specifically that way. Everything is about the DLC and about the um, the season pass content. The in just that in general, like oh, we didn't put out everything. We're gonna release the rest of it as part of the season pass. The issue is, is with PC, you don't always have that. Like PC games, a lot of times you can get the patch content and the DLC stuff for free, or at least a reduced price via Steam sales or uh, good old game sales. It depends upon your platform at that point. But st- systems and consoles don't really see a lot on the sales end of things. Because the problem is is you can't fit as much as you want to on the one terabyte PS4 Pro hard drive as you might want. <laughs> yeah, but on to the whole point about Steam. There's still some bullshit that came out of Steam as far as we're talking about companies nickeling and diming us. A great point being early access. There's still quite a few games. The best one I could uh, go ahead and throw out there would be DayZ. Still in early access, got completely abandoned. That, There's people that throw money into projects, and this is happening more often than people want to admit. It's where you pay for these early uh, access projects. You're basically pay, paying to beta test, more or less. And we're, they end up either getting abandoned or people jump on to the next thing. Yeah, you you have that that, that that does happen. And the thing is, is now, like, you have games that come out from studios like Larian and Obsidian now that are completely crowdfunding their games. Uh, Divinity Original Sin and Divinity Original Sin 2, as well as Pillars of Eternity, were almost completely crowdfunded. Those are games that were built on the backs of things like early access, beta builds, alpha alpha builds in some senses. But depending upon when you get in on it. The difference being is at least they end up delivering. I mean, at least you have... Well, you with Kickstarter, Kickstarter, when they do this crowdfunding, based on what they're going through, they have rules and regulations in place to where if they do not deliver, you get your refund, and they get in major shit, and then right. they can't do it again. Versus with Steam, they, it's kind of like the Wild West. You have these early access games that are not necessarily being crowdfunded. They're still paying for it. You're just, again, paying for that that ability to play a, a beta, so to speak, and there's no guarantee you're going to get that full game in the well, end. Well, and I know there are games that are on Steam's Early Access that also have things like Patreons and GoFundMes and um, Kickstarters that, that have those campaigns also behind them, not just the Steam Early Access. I mean, one, it depends if they actually do meet their goals and stuff like that. I can understand, but a lot of it has been the fact that the nickel and diming from... DLC is a lot worse, I think, than even the, the Kickstarter and crowdfunding stuff. Like, that, that's, that's us actually, like, trying to push projects that we don't think would actually get created in a normal, in, in the normal developer market, because the problem is, is you don't get AAA quality games from the AAA developers anymore. You have to get, the crowdfunded AAA titles. <laughs> to, to bring reference to that is actually what we were talking about a few weeks ago, or, uh, last, was it last week? It was the last cast when we were talking about Star Wars in general and the the Knights of the Old Republic game that was actually fan created and kind of having the funds coming in 
where they're like, listen, th- this game, the only way it's going to get off the ground is by people kind of pumping money into it because we're not a well, major developer. The the the, um, the issue is is that they had to stop that. They did. They, they had to they had to stop their their GoFundMe and their and the difference their is is they're awesome enough that uh, Ape Iron, which that's the pr- proper pronunciation of the game. I fa- I, l- I looked it up. Is uh, they're still continuing the project. So even now that they're not getting money for it, that's how passionate they are. They're still continuing yeah. to create this. Still waiting for it to come out. I'm, I'm actually still following the updates. And each video that they show, as far as development, even just little demos, it looks more gorgeous than the last. And they they say, well, you can give us donations that'll help. Because, you know, obviously they should be compensated for the time they're putting into this. But they're not greed. They're like, oh, well, now since we don't have crowdfunding, oh, because we can't do this, we're just going to stop now. See, that's that's like the, the good well, way of going about it. But, I mean, okay, so you you have... Unfortunately, a lot of the AAA developers now, they're, they're, they're doing these games that are AAA, but they're doing these underhanded tactics for continually getting money out of them. You have the, the loot boxes in Shadow of War. You have the, I, I, to be honest, I don't World even know War what to Call of Duty. Like, you have the airdrop of a loot box in the well, middle of the campaign. You're just like, what? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> How am I gonna continue playing the game if I'm gonna be you're, hey you're, shiny object? You're breaking the fourth wall within a very serious and for some traumatic experience. Well, you didn't. Okay. In in World War Two, you didn't do the loot boxes in the campaign mode. You did the loot boxes only on the multiplayer mode. Um. Still doesn't help. Still doesn't help. Really? Because I could have sworn I've seen the. Um, no, maybe they were fudging the gameplay then. Yeah. But uh, from that campaign, where you see it come down. Even then, that would be very distracting, even a multiplayer, just to have a random loot box just fall. Well, you, you only do it in the hub world where you open up your loot boxes. You do it in the little hub environment. It, I mean, it doesn't really fit in, like, you're not doing it in the middle of a multiplayer match. <laughs> that's the, that's the drop boxes that actually give you, like, the rocket launcher, but that's not part of no, the- No, 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 that's, that's your, that's, that's your kill streaks. That's kill streaks. And yeah. I'm well aware of that. Which even that's just yeah. yeah, it is a little <laughs> bit ridiculous, but, I mean, Especially when people steal steal my kill streak box, it makes me sad. <laughs> That's realistic, stop, though. Stop doing That's the supply drop. I know. Don't do use, a use supply the drop in the middle of the field. Do it to where it's a secured portion of your field, and uh. then you got your teammates stealing it from you. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm referring to. I'm not referring to the uh. enemy taking my stuff. <laughs> teammates but, are bastards. Sometimes, what can we say? I okay, mean, there, but the thing the thing that I'm getting on is that there are very few AAA titles out there now that are living up to the gamer expectation of them. I mean, Assassin's Creed Origins was a was better than what Ubisoft has been doing as of late, but it's it's still one of those things like the the market for it has and GameStop even played off of the fact that they're still like, "Oh, you only get this mission if you pre-order." Like that they well, even they took something that was very real, something that actually pisses people off, and they just uh, GameStop actually turned it into a goddamn joke. It's like, sorry, this you're no you're going to get this mission if you pre-order. It's like, what? You're really going to slap us in the face with shit that you know is wrong? Yeah. Well, I mean, and and that's something that like that's the other problem. The AAA developers are making deals with companies like GameStop Hold in on. order to do something no, no, like no. that. But because of the fact that GameStop is one of the most evil organizations throughout the world, he actually just put out the business model for all these AAA titles and all these AAA developers. They are following behind GameStop. 
That is literally what they're doing. They're well, like, that, that's a bad thing for them because even GameStop's going under. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's the thing though. That, that's what has now gotten them into that thing. They, but, they, you know, half, half, uh, half created games. And if you want anything in return, it's a fraction of the price. But and you know what? It's because for once we've been using this term forever and it's great to finally see people do it. Everybody's finally voting with their goddamn wallet. And we're actually now seeing that come into play. People are taking it serious. That's exactly what they're doing. That's why we have the whole thing with EA losing as much money as they are. Six billion dollars. Not only with Battlefront 2, but a lot of people too, and this is coming from a Bioware fan, were really upset with Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. There's the whole thing where the development was looking promising. This is a, a franchise that people are so excited about. They decided to pawn it off onto one of their newer development teams that had no real experience with the Mass Effect game and a lot of that was going on there. There was the issue, and this is why we can't really get uh, too angry at the developers as far as like the ones underneath certain companies like Bioware. They are partially responsible, but in, in all honesty, it's EA. EA is the problem because then you have things like crunch. A lot of people don't want to talk about crunch, but it is a very real issue, especially like when you mentioned Ubisoft, where they're really trying to get these games out as quickly as possible to try and meet deadlines. So you have these people working insane hours. They're not seeing their families. They're not seeing their friends. They're not able to get proper amounts of sleep. It's very unhealthy. It's very dangerous. And in turn, it ends up making for a poor game as well. You see that in the quality of the product that you're getting. With the, my face is tired, and like, no facial reaction from the character whatsoever, or the crip-walking animation. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many issues with Mass Effect Andromeda besides the story itself, which is a story well, for another time, but yeah. Glitches aside, the, the, the thing is, is that the the quality of these games has gone down in 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 a fashion as well it's it's this whole oh yeah i mean graphically again just real quick bringing up andromeda let's talk about the trailer we saw from mass effect andromeda versus the final product there's actually videos you can find on youtube by for searching it that shows you a graphical comparison and it almost feels like we just got bait and switched yeah, well, and a lot of it's the fact that you're seeing a lot of these things on the PC builds, and you're not going to get the same quality of the, out of the console. Build. No, these 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 comparisons were on PC. Oh, so this is somebody oh. like this is the build. This is somebody <laughs> playing on PC, like 4K super graphics card, best screen, <laughs> blah blah blah, and that's what the, that was the whole point they were trying to demonstrate was, hey, yeah. this is some horse shit. Now, I ha- I have to go on this because of the fact that it's going to be you know. Hopefully a game that actually finally comes out maybe next year. And it's something near and dear to my heart, Final Fantasy VII. Now, you're talking about the fact that these people have such limited time to, you know, produce a product or anything like that. Square's been, you know, kind of toying with me for for so many years about this. And in the fact that the development team, uh, me and Mike were kind of discussing this a little bit earlier, the fact that the development team has changed kind of hands, if you will, well, so many they, different they, times. So the original FF7 uh, remake was started in a um, in one of their like offshoots. Like it wasn't handled by uh, Square's main team. It right. was actually handled by one of their side teams. It has now been brought into the main studio. However... The the director of the game is trying to change paths with some of the things because now uh, with them having lost like all the awards for like Final Fantasy fifteen didn't even win best RPG of twenty seventeen that went to Persona five and there was all these ta- there were all these talks about how turn based is dead or turn based is dying but yeah, everybody Persona in five wins 
And everybody inside of uh, Square is like, no, we just were trying to lean away w- away from it with 15 because we did take a lot of Western uh, like criticism and a lot of the Western ideals and put it into 15. 16 and now the 7 re- remake are trying to look at it a different way. They're, they're trying to, I guess, rehash their action battle system that they were going with for 7. Um, and trying to retune it to do something else. No one really knows what that's going to be yet. There are speculations of doing something like a position-based, uh, turn-based RPG very similar to the Grandia series, where you will have abilities that will reposition you and things like that. But there still is no actual key definition. Atlas did did wonders with Persona 5. And the, the the fact that that, that turn-based system isn't isn't like it's not the old school turn-based system that we're used to it is it it follows that mechanic but it does things where cinematically to where you don't feel like it feels more organic it's more streamlined yeah you're you're giving this feeling of something's happening when i do my turn if that is the direction that ultimately they try to go for that would be a huge plus for the fact that we've been waiting for so long the biggest scare point is what they were doing before if you compare pc to what it would be you know the cinematic style that they have put out in these trailers how beautiful it looks you're hoping that quality doesn't dip and the fact that you pointed out with final fantasy 15 being this ultimate you know live action um you know connected character point that you're right a lot of people are saying that you know what the those the reason why the uh final fantasy 7 didn't really take it could be in part to the fact that they made it way too complex they made it way too convoluted and they didn't make it to where you had enough control over your character and the fact that your ai still sucks yeah. AI still sucks. And when, when you have an AI that can't do anything, you're there not because, you know, the complications of the game or how hard it is. You're saying literally, my AI can't pull its freaking weight. Yeah. But if you take that out of the hands of the AI and you put that into the hands of the player with some kind of evolved turn-based system, like we were talking about with, um, what's the game? I just Grandia. Remember. Grandia. Then, you have this evolved system that's all back to the player's hands who make the decisions that they, they need to do in the options that is provided inside the battlefield. So when an OP boss is difficult to fight, you're bitching and moaning about how OP it is, but you feel an accomplishment that you beat it. Yeah. Well, Where, that, that's a very Dark Souls mentality. That's, it is that, a very Dark Souls mentality. You're, you're, you're fighting against the, the PC, like the, 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 the computer characters you're you're fighting against the ai you want to triumph not on the merit of your ai you want to accomplish something on your own yes so having your your ai team just have these functions that just keep you alive constantly while you beat on like you're the beat stick and they're the i I mean i guess the only part about that is the fact that when you have a character that literally has to carry your ai because they don't know what they're doing because the ai isn't advanced enough or what you want them to do in the positions uh of you know strategy well, like, okay, so it doesn't help the situation with Final Fantasy fifteen, and I, I played, I played quite a bit of hours. I never actually finished it. it. It is, it is one of those games that I do intend to finish eventually when, when life gets out of my way and I have time to play these video games. Um, Final Fantasy fifteen ends up turning into this 
the only thing you need to do is warp strike, and hopefully your AI will just keep you alive. <laughs> Other than that, you don't worry about anything. You just keep warp striking at the big monster. And then every now and then a summon will go off. That was my worry for Final Fantasy VII Remake, is the fact that I was I was worried about the, what they were going to do with summons. If they follow the 15 route, and summons are just a something that happens every now and then, I think it would be way too grave of a detriment to what Final Fantasy VII summons were. Well, that's why I'm surprised they're really not looking at if at least they want to go the hack slash action adventure route why they didn't look at kingdom hearts one or two that was a very simple system it was effective you still got to get that live action combat off without things being too complex the only thing that sucked going back to ai was the fact that donald never did his goddamn job and healed (laughs) (laughs) but see that's why if you're going to do something with an action rpg i'm sorry team-based stuff is still way too complicated for the ai in general if they went back into the system of crisis core which i actually like they could work on they could have worked on the rail system a little bit better but what they did for crisis core on the psp being a solo player and being a hack and slash rpg was really great it was a lot of fun again rail system could have used some some you know some work but still it still brought you into that final fantasy world and had enough control to where you're dodging your movement your slashing and your ability to quick use and quick cast those magics had a detrimental part in your combat. And I just want to interject real quick. I mean, we're sitting here, none of us obviously have dev experience yet. And when we're speaking about this, we're speaking this purely from the the Passion point of, of view a... Of, a, of a gamer. Exactly. And so, I mean, this is just, we're really mostly just airing our grievances like a lot of people do, not so much against the developers. We understand at least the great amount of work that a lot of these developers go through. Our grievances are mostly with the people that are over those developers, like yeah. EA, Activision, and yeah. so on, that are really the ones controlling other people well, and okay, their so interests. You, so we talked about KOTOR before, and the, the first one was Bioware, the second one was Obsidian. Obsidian has done things in a way where when they didn't want to do something that that a larger entity was trying to tell them to do, they went to crowdfunding. That's how they made uh, Pillars of Eternity. And that game is loved by the people who like those kinds of games. And see, I have no issue with crowdfunding. Again, like we mentioned, that's fine because then you're not paying, as long as you're not paying for the game twice. It's like, all right, you already crowdfunded, you put in enough money, like let's say the $20 tee, well, the $40 tee, whatever. With their, their Kickstarter, yeah, you, if you put in enough, you actually got a copy of and the game. And that's fine. I'm okay with that when it comes from a development standpoint, when it comes to crowdfunding. It's like, okay, you give us some money. You've whatever. technically done a pre-order. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's fine because you know what? At least Obsidian is we're, we're talking about developers. Where we want to give praise. They at least are like here. You crowdfunded. This is what you got. You got what you paid for, and the games were enjoyable. Well, okay. You want to get on the whole talking uh, about paying for a game twice? I I have to bring this up. I am someone who I loved Skyrim. I I absolutely love Bethesda. I I've loved every single Elder Scrolls game. I was a huge fan of Morrowind. I was a huge fan of. Um, Oblivion and Skyrim was one of those games that I think I have paid for that game maybe eight times. That's that's also <laughs> another huge issue, which is fairly new, which is why you have what a new breed of gamers known as patient gamers, which I would say are probably also the smarter gamers because <laughs> they know okay. either because they don't have the money, which is usually how it works for me too. But I at least try to put away enough money for two, three games in a year if I'm lucky. Uh, but they will wait either for the price to come down. Or they realize, especially in today's uh, industry when it comes to gaming, 
that you have to wait maybe a year down the line for them to come out with a complete edition or ultimate edition, which has all the DLCs, all the characters if it's a fighting game, all the maps if it's a shooting game, and so on and so forth. That's what you have to wait for. Well, that's the thing. Like, okay, so when Skyrim originally came out on PS3, I got the the collector's edition. I got I had I had my season pass and stuff, so I have the full game, everything included on my PS3. Then Skyrim got, Ultimate Edition. Then it's got slightly better graphics and well, this other thing that you didn't get. Well, no. Then I picked it up on PC because I, I had finally gotten a PC that one could run it and run it well, and two, it was one of those things like you got the, the Steam deal was I got the whole thing, I got the whole collection for like twenty, thirty bucks, and then they released it on PS4, and I was like, well, shit, I need to get this game again. By the way, side note: Have you seen some of those mods for? For Skyrim on on PC, yeah, that yeah. makes those Macho Man so Randy <laughs> Savage Dragon. <laughs> I'm not even just talking about that. I, I remember. I just like running around with the Buster Sword. That's, that's what I do that. all day long. <laughs> you just you just hear in the distance, Macho Man, the sky's the limit. Oh yeah! <laughs> Starts breathing fire. It's the creepiest looking thing in the world. At the same time, it's like it's Macho Man Randy Savage. How can yeah. you hate this? Or the people that do the. Uh, Thomas, the tr- uh, train engine. Yeah. Or even just uh, for but, the bronies, you have the dragons now. I don't care. Um, By the way, they're, they're, okay, shout no. out. No, no, no. Shout out to all those people out there that oh, do modders. some really hot, <laughs> hard work and make mods for all these games on PC. You are the real MVPs. The, the, mo- the, mo- <laughs> the most terrifying thing is the reskinned giants into Gumbies. <laughs> I ha- I don't think I've seen that yet. <laughs> it is the most terrifying. Do thing they have I'm- like a giant pokey going with it too? <laughs> I want to see the horses reskinned yes, as pokies. As pokies, that'd be crazy. That'd be the worst. Now and this- all your all the soldiers in uh, a town are blockheads. <laughs> now we're really dating ourselves here. Yep. Like. <laughs> now, now now somebody just needs to do a full Gumby mod for Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Gumby All Gumby with, characters. Gumby with a buster sword. <laughs> or a lightsaber. Or matter. a lightsaber. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, but, okay. Uh, aside from the modding community, which is fucking phenomenal in MVP. a lot of games. Oh, um, yeah! The, the issue with console development now. We have had a few good games come out. A lot of them have been these roguelikes and, the, and these games that we weren't really expecting... And they just kind of came out of left field. I know, John, you love Don't Starve. I love any... Right now, I guess I'm kicking off that whole thing of I love Clay between um, Oxygen Not Included and Don't Starve. Th- those games, they're just fun and they kind of just take you out. I know it, some people are like, well, how are you going to do the same repetitive process all the time? But base building, to me... Is, fun. is is a very well, fun I, I, aspect. You dirty, I always used to love plebs in your casual games. Yeah, I know. You guys aren't real gamers. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm surviving and I'm building a home. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's the thing. We we oh we've gotten into these survival elemental ga- like uh, <laughs> survival element games where. You have things like Don't Starve and Darkest Dungeon. I absolutely love Darkest Dungeon because I still not only need does it to take, play Darkest Dungeon, not only does it take like the hardcore like uh, RNG Jesus aspect, but dear God, that game has some really, really awesome moments in it. Just between the fact that you can have a psychosis develop in the midst of your dungeon crawl, <laughs> I, I just want to bring up the fact that I think. I mean, there are some successful games out here right now that um, people are using, and they build in a slight builder aspect. Look at Fortnite. 
Fortnite is getting a huge amount of momentum, and it's 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 incorporating this whole it, you know, it's, first person. It's shooter. PUBG with some with some okay. building. Okay, <laughs> now this this is what I just want to get on real quick. Okay, so what I really hate though, if we're talking about in terms of development, and we've spoke about this before in regards to Star Wars Galaxies, is the one thing I don't like is when developers see something that works, and I can get it from a business standpoint. They take something that they see that is successful, and that becomes the new standard. Like all the games that are trying to be Dark Souls. All the games that are trying to be like, uh, well, technically, DayZ is the one that kind of started it, with as far as the King of the Hill. Unless there was a game that came before that that I'm not aware of, of course, let me know in the comments below. Well, I, I, I think there was a Conquest Arma, like yeah, there could gameplay, be. There but could be because because that's actually where Daisy, Daisy came from. from. It was a mod for Arma, and uh, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. Is then like Fortnite end up almost I don't want to say completely changing, but a lot of the main focus from what Fortnite was supposed to be changed from the, what it was originally when it was announced well it was supposed to, to be a, a, like a hardcore base building like yeah no now people don't play it for that they play it for the multiplayer mode which is basically just the PUBG with ki- forts. king of the hill <laughs> well the king of the hill based mode which is also a copy off of um what's the name of that wh- horror movie the asian one uh, battle royale it's pretty much a copy off of battle royale or for uh people who are unfamiliar with that hunger games is really what it's come yeah. down to. Is like, okay, well, you know, you pick each other off until there's just one of you left. And everybody's going for that. And like MMOs, we bitched about MMOs before in regards to this. That's how Star Wars Galaxy died. Because everybody's like, oh, wow, is out there. And it simplified everything. And just go ahead and this everybody be like, wow. And everybody's well, just copping off to, to each other. To be fair, wow had existed prior to Galaxies. Like, wow had been around for a while. It didn't exist before Galaxies. It didn't? No. Star Wars Galaxy, Galaxy came out first? Yes. Before Yes, it did. <laughs> it's been so long, these cycles of games have all faded from memory now. I'll forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, it was I, around I mean, that same period, because at the time I think I was playing a lot of the um, things like uh, Lineage and um, the other NCSoft games like City of Heroes. Um, now, City of Heroes did come before Galaxies. Yeah. I played yeah. City of Heroes. was fantastic. But again, if you want to hear more about that, you can just go back to the previous cast where we <laughs> talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we went on hard about, like, uh, the the whole, like, even base building in City of Villains, so. But, like, and then, too, the obsession with Dark Souls. Like, a lot of people are trying to make their games That's more. me. <laughs> well, I mean, enjoy it. That's that's fine if you enjoy it. Though, I mean, like, a lot of developers are trying to make their games more difficult, at least as far as like the some of the RPGs, the ones that are, well, that are like that. You 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 have um, Neo, which came out, which is a very Souls like s game, and you, there are things that are, now are Souls like, and that that that's fine. And the fact that you have a term for it just further proves my point. <laughs> uh, look, I, I look at it this way: at least with. Um, you know, if you're going to have those types of development and copy with games, at least have some kind of variation in, especially for my part, I want some kind of sense of accomplishment. This is accomplishment. That's why I have a problem with games like Monster Hunter or Dark Souls, because the grind is so long and so real that you don't have the greatest sense of accomplishment. Dark Souls, honestly, a little bit more sense of accomplishment. I think I've seen the grind and the actual upgrades happen a lot more often than Monster Hunter, which, by the way, me and Anthony will probably be playing monster hunter on saturday we'll let <laughs> you, you know the <laughs> i know i have to go on there just because i'm not allowed to make an opinion if i haven't played the beta <laughs> hey, either way 
I can still say it from the the other games that have been out there that you've dragged me into. That's you what only my played one. Are. It was for the 3DS, and that was and enough. <laughs> you need to see some of the cool armors and weapons you can come up with because to get the really cool, like the, the best armor stuff, like that, yeah, that's where it gets really grindy. You have to you have but to you kill still, the same monster nine times well, to collect what, nine different you, hides. Well, that's to, to get to like make the mess. But if you think about it, you want to talk shit about that. That's no different than if you do raids in an MMO. To get the parts that you actually need to get the whole set, it's I, the same damn I thing. I don't really play MMOs. I mean, so, I played yeah. DCU it, for a, a small amount of time, and when I lost interest in that, not because it was DCU, but because, yes, going on the raids and stuff like that just yeah. did not feel... I did not feel connected to that because it was too grindy. Yeah, and that's why, at least with Monster Hunter, the more of the selling point is the frantic action of hunting these creatures down, especially if you're doing it with friends. Especially some of the crazy moments, like from the catcher ride video where you saw me jumping on top of the, uh, yeah, like the bear off. And rodeo the rancher, stuff like I understand. That. Rodeo rancher. It's okay. <laughs> no, just even just some of the crazy moves that happened, or even just like the Godzilla moment where you had the bear off trying to run away and another creature came out of nowhere and they saw each other Godzilla style. The only Godzilla that I need in my life is a freaking, uh, StarCraft 2. Oh my god, I can't believe I just, uh, forgot his name. Uh, Dahaka. Oh, okay. yeah. No, no, I can't I keep forget. evolving. I keep evolving. And then literally he gets to Godzilla mode and just spits fire, like, on <laughs> everything. That's the only Godzilla I need in my life. But okay. I mean, it, but, but what you just mentioned as far as Monster Hunter is concerned is a good example of some, a game that does something different. And that's what I fear we don't really have, at least as compared to the past. In the past, sure, I mean, you had genres, but each game within those genres felt like they did something different. Even with your, with, there's games like Streets of Rage, Final Fight, and Super Double Dragon, sure, they were still going around being all punchy, but each one of those at least felt somewhat different than one another. Versus games nowadays, you kind of just feel like you're playing the same game somewhat reskinned. Well, okay, so... There's a bigger variety, too. I think that was the thing that we were trying to allude to with the fact that uh, Assassin's Creed, they had their dip-off because it was basically yeah, the same... Yeah, you were just reskinning the same... It was just same, reskinning the same yeah. kind of game. Oh, this last incarnation, we got a grappling hook. Yay! But you know, one thing is, we want to we want to shit on EA so much. You know who actually started a lot of these awful trends that we hate? Blizzard. No, no, not Blizzard. <laughs> it's actually Activision. Well, yeah, yeah. When you, well, yeah, guess yeah, who yeah, was yeah. part of Blizzard yeah, now? But I'm talking about before then. <laughs> but yes, but, but, but nobody talks about Activision anymore. They're the ones that started. EA simply perfected being the asshole. Well, this is very true. But now you have Activision Blizzard uh, being a thing, and the problem is, is like, okay, you have Blizzard's properties: World of Warcraft, Starcraft, War, like actual Warcraft, um, Heroes of the Storm, Heroes of the Storm. Overwatch. And Overwatch. But Blizzard's at least big enough that they still have a lot of the creative control on their own. Activision yeah. really can't tell them to do a whole lot. Yeah. Because Blizzard's like, hey, look, we can probably buy and sell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that that tends to be the thing. But the, the thing that scares me is Blizzard has been putting so much focus on Heroes of the Storm, Overwatch, and World of Warcraft in general that the other two... From, Big franchises are starting to fall apart. They're falling to other other games now. Diablo, which I have always been a huge fan of the Diablo franchise. I put more hours into two than I could probably even remember at this point in my life. Um, 
Not more than Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Well, that's only because I go back and play that game every year. I can't do that with Diablo 2 anymore. It's um, tradition. It is tradition. It is Actually, tradition. I still have to get my playthrough before the end of the year, so that's going to be on my list this Speaking week. Speaking edition, I would need to boot up KOTOR for the, like... I, I have it installed yeah. on my PC. I, I, I've been yeah. playing through KOTOR 2 again, too. Mm. Um, but Diablo has fallen apart to games like uh, Path of Exile. And it hurts my soul a little bit because I, I'm, I'm, I'm still excited to see where, if they do a Diablo 4, where that will go. I'm surprised you said that you had a soul. I know you played <laughs> WoW for a very long time. I thought it was gone. Yeah. That was, yeah, that that was, was the, the trade-off. Trade-off. Yeah, yeah, that was the trade-off. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, you, was, you, that was the currency. You were literally, you know, held captive by freaking WoW for a year. At okay, least. In, at least. In seclusion. Just, just say just a year? That's well, I remember the part, the, the part that was in seclusion, like where I hardly ever, I, I only left my room to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and he gargoyled in front of yeah, his I PC. Yeah, I would sit there, I would sit on he my chair. He literally gargoyled in front of his PC. He, he didn't sat, he didn't sit on like a regular chair. He sat on a stool and he gargoyled in front of his computer playing WoW for a year. So he went Korean beast mode. Yes. yes. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. No, I went, I went hardcore beast mode. I, before, um, before Cataclysm came out, I had, I think, think eight max level characters some in like full raid gear most of them at least in their full dungeon sets um or at least in high enough dungeon gear to where they could go into raids i had beast moded pretty goddamn hard in world of warcraft i just remember i i just always thought that uh do you remember in the the show uh, South Park they had a WoW episode? Yeah, and the the person that they were facing in the episode literally played WoW for so long that he became a god character in a sense. Well, he he was also hacking. That, yes. that was his big thing. Okay, but I'm not talking about the hacking part because I don't think you ever hacked. No. But you became so godlike in a <laughs> sense, like it felt like they took that character from you. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, uh, okay. My warrior, maybe my yeah, warrior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was oh, a warrior too. It was a warrior too. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, that, that's how long he was in seclusion, kind of gargoyling over his computer playing this game, just to give a frame of reference. Yeah. Okay. It was bad. We don't have those games anymore that we we sink that much time into for us. I mean, a lot of it's because we have. I was to say, life happened. Life happened. <laughs> we we grew up and we had to actually not sit in our rooms and play video like, games all day. Why does adulting get in the way? God damn it. Like Screw I don't even adulting. I don't even have kids and still my time is taken up by work and school and this freaking project and <laughs> <laughs> the cost of adulting is too damn high <laughs> for reals I know for reals but it's also no 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 I, I get go I get what you're going with the two is just there's not really that many captivating games anymore there's not anything that you really feel like you want to sink the time into. Or at least nowhere near as often as it used to be. Well, and, and the thing is, is I have I have so many of these games that I end up getting to a point in them where I'm like, oh, I'm having fun, and then life happens, and then I forget where I left off, so I end up creating a completely new character all over. This happened to me more in Fallout Four than I care to mention. Well, that's on that's on you. <laughs> that that is on you. I mean that that's on life and you being adulting. But I think that there's also been times where. Maybe I've gotten hyped for a game, and then the hype for me kind of fell off midstream through the game, and I decided just not to continue to pick it up, because the the beginning hype was real, 
and it, it just fell flat for me. Yeah. We we completely missed out on being a generation of streamers, though, apparently, because that, that's, that's... We could have been rich. <laughs> we could have been rich. Let's take a time machine, we, let's go back and start Ready Comics Roll at the very birth of YouTube and see where we go from there. I know, right? Uh, but I will say in regards to, well, minus the whole, like, streaming thing and, you know, getting rich off of that... Uh, we could have been PewDiePie, guys. We could have been. We would have been better. <laughs> yeah. We would have been better. So much, yeah. so much more foul language. I mean, <laughs> wait, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the one thing I wanted to ask, I'm going to pose this to everybody listening, not just us here as a group, is remember when games took a lot longer to release? Like, there, it would take like four or five years before the next... Uh, sequel or iteration or new ip came out and they like you were talking about john as far as the whole hype thing is they would maybe give you like an advertisement here or there it wasn't constantly in your face being just thrown in at all times or any of that other crazy stuff where you feel burnt out about it if we could go back and i think this would also help too as far as crunch which is a major issue we mentioned for developers if we could go back to five six year development cycles um, to where they, they're sticking to that before we get the next game. Would you go for that versus these yearly uh, releases? I, On my part, I definitely think so. Just because having, let's say, a new Pokemon game every six months to a year can be a little bit much. One, on the wallet, and two, you're getting burnt out because you want to experience a game to its fullest. You want to actually have enough hopefully good content to where it captivates you for a while and even going into a playthrough. If the if the development for a series or for a game for a producer is going to be spread out a little bit, you may want to, you know, that investment into the game becomes a little bit more real. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I know for myself the the release of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon for the Pokemon thing this is the first time in a while that I felt like I I'm just not I'm not hyped. I, I've completely lost my hype train. There's been no motivation for me to pick up either of those two games. And I was I was big on the Sun and Moon when they were getting ready to come out. I was I've been big on it's big on Pokemon again since uh, Black and White. Like I got back into those games and Black and White two kind of hindered that, but I was still psyched enough to pick them up. It's and- only because you're you were deep down really hoping for um gold and silver that, i'm still waiting for the new remake gold and silver again holding up listen that. everyone's holding yeah exactly like again they, again they, they need to redo those again because they were the epitome of pokemon yes to me i mean they were the first one to really the go night back and day and, cycle night and day cycle a lot more pokemon the fact that it it, it, it gave you a full story and then it made and, you and go continued back and then the it, story it basically of the previous gave you, game exactly and then it literally gave you the ending of the first game like you felt like you had two complete games yeah. with this game and how long did that development take not nearly as long as it took them to develop the sun and moon games and the the thing that kills me is like for for them to have spent as much time as they did on Sun and Moon and not bring us back to Kanto when they're so close, essentially, was the idea. Like the the idea is is that the the these regions are so close to Kanto that you they they had the Kanto Pokemon. You mean the world is round? <laughs> I don't know what their world is. All I know is at one point we were in their version of France, and my brain hurt <laughs> because we were in France. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't get much worse than that. 
<laughs> and that's how we just lost like the two or three people that actually listen to us from France. Yeah. I'm sorry, we love you. <laughs> no, we don't. Don't lie to these people. Aww. I tell Aww. the truth, and that's all I do. No. Yeah. Either way. But uh, I think ultimately... Uh, a little bit of space in between games and having a few more years between development, I, I think would also solve the issue of incomplete games as long as the business model goes back to where it should be. Um, I can't remember the last time that I, that I played a game that didn't have a DLC package. Like that, that's bad. That, that's bad to me. Like I cannot remember the last time that I bought a, a, a full game, and that was it. Like, I remember some things PlayStation 2 era that still did that. Like, there were there was a full game in the PlayStation 2 era. I remember it, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> and, no, that's, that's true. And then even for a game like Titanfall 2, which is a, a lot of fun to play, it still had DLC. Granted, it was free, which is, is pretty cool, but, again, you're still not getting... That full game, you have to wait later to get these new game modes, to get these more maps and stuff like that. I'm not opposed to that. No, I, 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 I would pardon not to, but yeah, yeah, yeah. At least it's free. Yeah, At no, like I said, that's what I'm saying. At least it's free. Yeah. That makes it like an easier pill to swallow. Yes, absolutely. Hold on. I, I remember the best game to come out this last year, Witcher 3. Yeah. Because no, I was, I was they, actually going to get to that. <laughs> they, they, they did things... That were so not AAA, and yet the game feels AAA. The size, the scope, the actual game itself looks beautiful. It, it does all the things that AAA games do, but doesn't try to go AAA on your wallet, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, because the funny thing is, is that's the big comparison a lot of people make when they're talking about Mass Effect Andromeda. And I met, again, when I mentioned the whole uh, development cycle, uh, I believe, or I'm actually pretty sure about this, but Mass Effect Andromeda was about five years in development. So we can't even use that excuse for Mass Effect Andromeda as to what ended up ultimately coming out versus Mass, uh, no, sorry, I almost said Mass Effect. I just got done saying Mass Effect, goddammit. Uh, versus <laughs> The Witcher 3 had roughly around the same amount of time. Actually, I think it had less time in the development cycle. And it, like you said, it's just a great game. The, even the side quests feel organic, like they actually mean something. Yeah. Uh, the world is, is huge, but it doesn't, it's not like devoid of life. There's always something going on, even as you're traveling. And just the story and just, it, it, it hits all the marks. Okay. So I think we just talked ourselves out of longer development times and said, we just need to make sure that companies aren't assholes. Well, no, no. Cedar Project Red still takes their time. And actually yeah. they, it does, do but I'm, I'm saying like, it, it, the exact point that you made, I think they had less development time on it, means that we don't necessarily need to have a super long period of time for development cycle. It, 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 if, if the company is doing its job and doing it right and not being greedy assholes, there's a good chance that you don't need super long development times and still can get a full a lot, say four a lot years. Of, a lot four of, years is fine, but I mean, we were saying before like six. You know what I mean? A lot of what happened, a lot of what happened with CD Projekt Red is they, that they, they had this breadth of scope going into Witcher 3 that was 
fan like fantastic and phenomenal and like way out there and they reined a little bit of it in so that they could have the DLC but they didn't charge for the DLC and there was still crunch because that is the one thing that CD Projekt Red is unfortunately still under fire for is the mistreatment of their employees and the fact of again the long hours yeah. uh, you don't get to see your family you don't get to see your friends you barely get enough time to sleep because we need to get this done because it actually got they- pushed back a few times when originally they never should have promised it so early to begin with. Listen, what they need to do is just follow uh, Elon Musk's business model for SpaceX. There's so many people that work there and they work long hours. He actually like provides them food. He, uh, you know, does inspirational conversations with his people and actually cares what they're doing. And he actually has, um, what's it called massage therapists at the business you're feeling some stress why don't you take a break get a massage come back feel comfortable and refreshed well, and get your ass to the okay to, to, to be fair if you look at a lot of these gaming studios if you look at the insides of blizzard headquarters yeah. and the insides of cd project red studios it's, it's baller it's, they're, it's, yeah, it's baller fun. like yeah. google doesn't have some of the shit that these guys have going on and google is supposed to be like a really fun but, place to work but all those all those um, all those fun things are nice Except for when you can't get to it because you're so busy working. Yeah. The, the thing is, is yes, they, they have a lot of the these amazing studios to work in, but a lot of it they don't get to spend time with. But to go back to the point about development cycles and the reason why CD Projekt Red is doing as well as it can in regards to sticking to at least some of their uh, milestones and putting out the these... Uh, great products on time is there's nobody above them telling them what to do and versus the, bioware has ea again back to yeah. ea that's their <laughs> greedy mitts and everything and they unfortunately have a lot more control than they probably should over the production of a lot of these Does games EA stand for evil assholes yes <laughs> <laughs> they, they lost they lost the title of electronic arts a long time yeah, ago now they're just evil assholes that's what it comes down to i don't know what more to say about ea other than the fact is that like okay cd project red tried to do a lot of stuff and a lot of it comes from love a lot of the fact that they, they they did have crunch time, yes, but the fact is, is a lot of the develop the, a lot of the people behind the development team had love for the project. It wasn't just about the crunch time. A lot of it did have yes, crunch existed for them, but they they loved what they were doing. And they wanted to get it done. EA kind of flouts their control over their smaller studios and their smaller studios don't get to love the projects that they're on anymore. And even worse, it's like they use them up to when they don't need them anymore and then they basically just uh, take them out to pasture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't even remember the the studios that have died this year. And there were a lot of was, them. There was countless. Uh, one of them actually being, and I feel so bad for forgetting about it because they made Dead Space which was a fantastic game. Visceral. They got rid of Visceral. Yeah. Visceral Entertainment died. Um, there, there, there were a few that, that went to pasture this year, and a lot of them we don't remember. And it's because that's what EA does. They absorb these properties, these publishers. They use them up until it's like, ah, oh, you know what? This I'm not getting what I paid for. This is not a good return investment. <laughs> <laughs> well, ultimately, we'll, we'll Sorry, see. Sorry, Lassie, it's time. <laughs> but, I mean, ultimately, I mean, we've seen it. The gamer has rose up. They have put a hurtin' on EA. The shareholders have heard about this, and they're the ones who are also backing out because of their business model. 
Therefore, if if that's going to go out, hopefully, hopefully, this is a big enough lesson to show, hey, listen, if you guys are going to do uh, subpar, uh, you know, productions then you're going to face a penalty for it. Okay, to be fair, it wasn't subpar production. It, it was, was subpar it was subpar it was the, it was the, it, You're right. No, it, it was it was the stuff going on around Battlefront 2. It was the has, business model. Let, let's put well, it easily. It was the business model. When, yes. when you're when you're discussing to, how they're going to get revenue and how they're going to milk the cow, it's their business model. So yes, I'm wrong because the game itself looked like a really the good campaign, game. for what I understand, is fantastic. The the game itself, I just won't buy it because I'm not gonna. I, I actually huh. am one of those people that's like, no, I'm not gonna. What's what's even more bullshit though is okay. So after this huge backlash occurred, they're like, all right, we're gonna rein it back in. You can't, a little bit. You can't. No, no. no. So this is what they did. This is, you, you really had to pay attention. So where reading comprehension is key. If you read the article they put out, they're like, we did not realize that this was so important to you guys. You know, we we care about you all. You guys are what make this all possible. So we're going to go ahead and stop with the purchasing of crystals towards loot crates for now. If you pay attention, the way it's worded is they're basically saying for now. They're going to be starting it up again starting the beginning of next year. And people are giving them a pat on the back. They're like, oh, you know what? This is a great job. We're glad you pulled back on this. This is what you need to do. We're glad to see that you're listening. But they really weren't. And that's the sad part. Well, if they get tossed for another you know, a couple of billion dollars again, then maybe EA won't be around any longer. I will say this, though. I know a lot of people are lauding this as the death of gaming or the apocalypse. But the funny thing is, is we how many times have we faced this gamer apocalypse? Yeah, I, it, we haven't had a real gamer apocalypse since the licensed E.T. game on Atari. That was the last time there there was a real gamer apocalypse. Okay. <laughs> and that was because that 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 almost halted the Nintendo Entertainment System from coming out. Like, there almost was not a Western release of the NES. There was almost not... Like, we almost did not have Nintendo because of... I I look at it this way. Whenever these types of things come up, there's normally less of an apocalypse and more of a revolution. So, hopefully the turn is is that because of these types of events that have been occurring with EA, really kind of getting out there, obviously there are others that do this as well, but EA is definitely taking the hits for it right now, that we will get a revolution and hopefully get some... Uh, it, it's going to go in this cycle. I, know, I, I, mean, I, I don't want to put any more Bethesda credit on, on my card at this point or on my wallet, but it's one of those things like I would love to see the end of DLC wow. and the, the growth of the mod market and not the pay mod market. I want to see the free mod market continue to be what it is and continue to be the beast that it is. Like, there are so many awesome things that have come out of the mods and the modding community, and they don't have to be just the modding community. I think that Bethesda and some of these these companies out there, they know that the modding community exists, and they know how to get... a and be a part of the modern community without trying to turn it into the steam shovelware. Well, that's exactly why they did that. Cause they saw that and they're like, Hey, this has been great in the past. How about we try and profit off of it instead? Yeah. They need to not try to do that. And also, (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, this is not new either because if anything, let's look at team fortress two, love team fortress two, but that was a mod off of half life. Yeah. They basically swan. And then this well, is the sad story when it comes to a lot of games sometimes. 
when it comes to modding is their ideas get ripped off and they do spawn great games. Yeah. Well, and and this is the thing. I want to see DLC become controlled and executed in, in a fashion that makes sense for the gamer and for the gamer's wallet in general. Like, if you're going to do DLC... It can't be the things that, like, the, the last Fire Emblem game did, where you're just pocket-selling maps for exorbitant amounts of money. Didn't buy it. It needs to be thought-out, processed, expansive amounts of content for it to be DLC. It needs to be something. And if you're going to give us these smaller bits of DLC, either learn to give it to us for free... Or learn to knock the price down drastically. They won't. That's the thing. Is you'll, you'll always notice that even this is this is an odd thing that I noticed when it comes to even just like the Xbox 360, or which around the time like DLC was getting introduced, is even when it came down to a game was out for countless years, you will see the game get discounted over time. But the one thing you will always see remain in price for whatever odd reason. I don't even remember the explanation for it, but you will not see the DLC drop in price. Well, I'm not talking about over a market, uh, like over a period of time on the market end. You just mean dropping it. I, I mean the, the yeah. actual price of DLC yeah. needs to change. The the problem is, is we're paying full price for the game and then paying th- this almost near full price thing for DLC. It shouldn't be that we're spending almost fifty, sixty dollars on DLC after the fact of, of the game of being sixty to seventy dollars. This is this is something that we have seen time and time again happen. And the problem is, is some some of us in the community haven't gotten loud about this. It won't change until we do do things like speak with our wallet and not buy into these things. And it's going to continue. I know it's going to continue. DLC is not going to die and we're not going to lose the care packages or the, the the loot crates because of what what any one of us says. It has to be a majority of us and we have to we actually have to turn against buying into the loot crates. We have to turn around and not buy the DLC. We have to turn around and not buy the game when all it is is the hype train that's pushing us to get these things. That's all I'm saying. You know, I, I completely agree, and I think that's actually an excellent way to kind of roll us out for uh, this uh, episode. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also, ding that bell to be notified of future videos as they're released throughout the week. And as fellow gamers, we definitely want you to go ahead and weigh in on your feelings as far as development cycles, DLC, and a lot of these other best practices. So be sure to leave your comments down below. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and any of the other social medias listed in the description below. Join the Ready Comics Roll crew and the other rollers on our Discord channel so you can voice your opinion on the future and modern state of gaming. Speaking of games, you can find us on Twitch, follow us, and we might be playing something every now and then. And if you'd want to help us grow, you can follow us over on Patreon and become a patron today.